Welcome to Equiosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And normally I'm joined by Dominique Day, but Dominique isn't available today because I've been having the great treat of spending a little time in the UK visiting with some very good friends of mine. And I'm sitting in the kitchen of Becky Chapman, and we're going to indulge in a lovely conversation, which you get to listen in on. So, Becky, I think we need to begin, obviously, by introducing you a little bit. So, could you just somewhat briefly talk a little bit about your background with horses and coaching and some of the threads that have brought you to the work that you're currently looking at? I think thinking right back, I'm not sure what brought me to horses because I don't have a horsey background or horsey family, but I just knew I was crazy about ponies and somehow managed to be persuasive enough to get involved with ponies as a child. Okay. (laughs) And ended up making it a career, but somewhere along the way kind of lost the love and the passion for what I was doing and now thanks in part to your work I think I'm right back just being crazy about ponies oh excellent (laughs) excellent excellent so that was you just plopped a great deal down to to pull apart and say tell us tell us more so beginning with horses early on Mm. What was that experience? Were you that child who hung up out at riding schools? And... Yeah, so uh, I, I was that child that was taken for a weekly half-hour lesson from when I was six. Oh, And my okay. poor brother got dragged along too because my parents couldn't be in two places at the same time. Yes. And he is, my brother, very obedient, knows left from right could remember where all the letters in the arena were and so the riding instructor thought he was wonderful even though he really didn't want to be there. I was the child that was just so joyous to be on a pony I could do nothing other than sit there with a grin on my face going, I didn't want a pony. (laughs) What do you want for Christmas? A pony. pony, Yes. What do you want for your birthday? A pony. pony, Well, here, have a toy pony. Oh, (laughs) a real Real pony. pony, A real pony. Yes, yes. And to her credit in spite of how busy my mother was not only did she get us to these weekly riding lessons she never told me until I think I was in my 30s that the woman who owned the riding school told her that she was wasting her money bringing (gasps) Becky for lessons because Paul was was talented right (gasps) so I wonder how things would have worked out differently if my mother had saved a whole load of hassle and money and reported this onto me oh. and things may have turned out very differently but somehow in her wisdom she knew not to say right. that absolutely yeah um so then when i was eight my parents moved further away from london and we happened upon a young lady who had this fabulous pony and she was about to embark on her equestrian career and go and train 
to become a BHSAI. And in those days, okay, you had to so go... Okay, so for the American audience, right. what does that... What, what did you just say? So the, the British... BHS, British Horse Society. Okay. AI is the assistant instructor. That's your sort of... Or was in those days your, your first level into becoming a riding instructor. Okay. So she was going for two years to embark upon this training as an 18-year-old. And... Her, she was an only child, so her parents were bereft without her and had a pony with no one to care for it. Oh. And so I just <laughs> decided that these would be wonderful foster parents for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they allowed me to act as if this pony was my own, which is what I told everyone he was as well. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he was. Isn't yeah, he, was. he was great. Right, right. Swift, 32, just brilliant, fabulous little guy. Wow, 32 years. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And what was he? What kind? A Welsh. A Welsh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and when she came back after two years, she wanted to set up her business. She was very happy for me, very generous for me to, you know, still be involved with the pony, but I could turn up after school and at weekends and he'd already been mucked out and groomed and I could still ride him, but it wasn't the same. And at that stage, my parents realised this was not a passing Right. That you'll you'll outgrow it. Yeah. Like I have the ballet and the gymnastics right. and the recorder and pretty much everything else, else that, that she will outgrow yeah. it eventually. Mm. Maybe when she's I don't know mm. <laughs> old and daughtery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't understand it, but mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah. So they decided that they would buy me a pony, <gasps> and rang up about the pony that was advertised in some equestrian magazine and my mother decided over the phone this was the right pony because she loved the name Amber. Oh what a good reason to buy a pony. <laughs> yeah. That that's on that's on a par of many others right. I've heard. Yeah. Yes. And she was great. She she taught me lots of things that Swift hadn't, which is that there are actually only two paces, halt and gallop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and halt is when you dismount and gallop is when you mount. Okay. Is it a Thelwell type of pony? Oh, where no, some, no, no. Where sometimes when you, you dismount, not when it's your choice, but the ponies? No, she was very good at staying between me and the ground somehow. Oh, that's something. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's definitely something. That, but yeah. yeah, yeah. No, she was... Uh, and jumping is optional. Swift had not taught me that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So right. he was point and shoot. Yeah. This is point, shoot, maybe, or possibly dash around. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you build a good seat because you never know what mm-hmm. what line you're actually going to be on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. But no, she was fantastic and ended up being with us for many, 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 many years. Yeah. Not as many as she should have been because uh, one of my future horses, Gazelle, who I broke my legs with, also injured her. To the extent oh. that we, yeah, so that was the first, my fir- the, the family's first horse and the first horse that we had to have put to sleep. So oh, hard. Yeah, very hard. Really hard. Yeah. 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 Oh, so that was challenging. But, um, and when I outgrew Amber, by then my father had taken up riding. Oh my goodness. Because, I, well, I think it was because he realised if he was ever going to see me, it would have to be on the back right. of a horse. Yes. yes. So he bought a trachea mare. <laughs> yeah. 
Good um, would frequently come back without him. <laughs> We'd send out a search party with sandwiches to find dad. And my, uh, one of my sisters, my brother, had long since given up riding. Okay, so very yes. sensibly and moved on to, to other things that he considered more appropriate. But I have another sister who's now a master saddler. But she was then a rider too, so she had a pony as well. And then we were like a proper horsey family. You were? Mm-hmm. Well, Good improper brief. really mostly, but... Uh, well, absolutely. That's the only way to be. But, but a, a, a threesome. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Did your so mother feel left out of all of that, or um, no? I don't think she felt she she or she did, did she her best to be involved. Um, yeah, mostly mysterious. I think. Yeah, she liked the idea of it, but uh, perhaps not the reality of it. But no. you know, she. I, I I do have an abiding memory of her coming back from a riding lesson. Uh, must have been when we were still at the riding school and crawling up the stairs having taken a heavy fall and right right yeah, but very supportive from the point of view of allowing us you know to indulge in this craziness as yeah. she would perceive it of these creatures that make a lot of mess and smell a great deal so when you had the your when you had amber mm. were you taking riding lessons well actually no not from when i had swift Swift. The, okay. the lone pony right. because my parents uh, could not afford to pay the weekly loan fee plus riding lessons okay but there actually I, I when I I didn't take formal lessons but vicariously learned a huge amount <laughs> so you learn so so that so you were learning obviously from your ponies but then were you watching lessons how was that uh, asking lots of questions and, ah, and making okay. a nuisance of myself with anybody and everybody who may have a horse right yeah right so and can remember telling my dad that um i needed fly propellant because i'd misheard (laughs) (laughs) um and asking um another horsey lady how she got her horse so shiny and she told me it was elbow grease so i also told my dad i needed needed elbow elbow grease grease. (laughs) (laughs) I, i think i was a real nuisance to anybody that had a horse and uh, but most people are really obliging yes absolutely absolutely them endlessly with questions and what have you and then um when i had amber i uh got accepted into a boarding school where you could take your pony oh which seemed like a dream yes and turned out to not to be um it, it really didn't suit me being what I felt was institutionalised in a boarding oh. school environment. That um, then the lesson started again. Okay. Um, and there was this wonderful riding instructor there, Colonel Wesley, who oh. yes was super fun, and the facilities were phenomenal. Not only educationally, but also with the ponies. So it was an exam centre for the British Horse Society, um, and in those days. Uh, British eventing as in now was run by the British Horse Society and it was an eventing centre Okay. so they had a fabulous cross country course and a riding school and they had RDA lessons riding for the disabled lessons that we could assist on that was a fantastic, fantastic. eye opener and oh, deeply bet. moving And but I was very unhappy at the school so ended up coming home two years later 
which more or less coincided with when I then outgrew Amber and my dad said to me, well, we can't buy you a horse and keep and the keep... pony. Oh, that's a... <laughs> so, Devastating choice. Yeah, so and I did have a, a sister coming through but to, to take her over, but she's seven years younger. So right. there was quite a gap there. They were happy to keep her, but not for me to have a horse as well, which I... You know, I kind of understand. So well, I completely understand. Um, <laughs> but that, that meant that I, I stopped riding at 14 and completely moved away from horses and kind of put them to the back of my right. mind. Um, you think, you know, in later. a sense, how sad, because in if we fast forward to the modern age, mm. when you think of all the things we now know that you can do on the ground, right? that that connection doesn't have to stop just because you've grown too tall for a pony. Yeah. And we should say, you are very tall. So I could see you know, <laughs> riding the pony with your feet on the ground kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and I wouldn't have been too heavy for her. I think quite a lot of it was that when I went back into more formal lessons again and seemingly doing quite well there's this kind of I don't know if it's the same your side but that a cultural expectation that you will have a horse that fits you and is appropriate and that you must move on to something that matches your talent your size your yes yes um, and it's one of I think one of the problems in the horse world mm, because there is that push to mm, you love this pony but he's not good enough anymore Mm -hmm. you need to move up you Mm. he can only jump to feed right. you need you're ready to move mm. up and this this breaking of the bond breaking of the relationship yeah. and that is not a healthy message to give to no. a, a child growing up because <clears throat> then when you grow up and you're in a relationship <laughs> with a, a human partner right. and things are getting a little mm-hmm. rocky what you have learned is well when it's not quite working out Get a better one. Get a different one. Different get a better one. one. Mm. And and I don't think that's a really good mm. message to no, be not at all. learning no. from our horse experience. No. I think we should no. be learning the stay with them forever mm. lessons. I don't think I realised how painful it was at the time because there would have been things that I could have done with her that didn't involve, you know, going Jim Carner games and show right, jumping, right. which was all I wanted to do at, at that stage, you know, riding wise. Um, going around in a circle would have not been any interest in these no, at least that, three jumps right, on, on right, that circle but right. yeah and I think that's why I completely took myself away because by that stage we had the ponies and the horse at home Yeah. so there would have been every opportunity to do stuff but I think it was that it was so of, painful yeah. that it was like no I'm yeah. done mm-hmm. yes and in fact the place that my parents lived at the time was 20 acres, 11 stables. They ended up taking in liveries and all sorts of things. And I don't think any of those people who had their horses at my parents' place would have even known I existed in that time because I would have made myself scarce to that extent. Wow. <laughs> Which it's it feels peculiar now. Yes. And when I'd completely thrown myself into it for so long and made such a nuisance of myself when it was such an effort to do so. And all I had to do then was step outside of the back door. And there they were. Yeah. But I the chose irony to not of it. to. Yeah. So what brought you back to horses? I don't know. I just remember 
saying to Chris, my husband, when we hadn't been together very long and we both had good jobs and were earning fairly decent money and very happy in our town centre flat, um, that really what I want to do is to get back into horses. And I thought he'd laugh because I had, had, hadn't had talked about it. I hadn't... Uh, I, I thought he'd think I was completely crazy. I, no. I felt this was coming from nowhere. Um, and his reaction was, I've been waiting for you to say that. Good grief. Yeah, so I said, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and he said, because if I'd have told you, you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> So why did he, why was he, why was he waiting? I I must have spoken about stuff with such, you know, in the past with such fondness. And I guess he would have known the level of discontent I had in what I was doing at the time. And that perhaps this was the only thing that I spoke about with great passion, even though I, I don't know, I, I wasn't consciously aware that that's what I wanted to do. It clearly was so, yeah. And I was still young when I met Chris. I was only eighteen when that happened. Okay. So it was probably so it wasn't five years that many after. years no. after. No, but it feels crazy. It, when I look back at it, it feels like a long time. Well, yeah, because mm. at that time, the 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 amount, the proportion of your life, right. four years huge. represents, is yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. And lots felt like it had changed in that time, but mm. I think actually. Not really anything. Right. <laughs> so were horses readily available to you mm. through your parents? Um, well, they would have been, but I did. But you didn't I chose want to go not, that. No, I chose not to do it that way. So the only route I knew how to get into it sort of professionally would have been to go down the British Horse Society route. And in the intervening period, you know, from when I was eight to when I was 18, when Sarah Green had, who was the, late, the young lady who owned Swift. Yes. She had had to go to Stonely for two years to do it. Th- things had changed somewhat. So you could train at various different centres or colleges or yards and gain experience and okay. train so as, as you go along. So go it was away. A, mm, no, yeah. um, not away, away. Now, is this before or after, is it Gazelle? Oh, this is before we had Gazelle. Okay, so yes. we'll get to that part yeah. of the story. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I didn't own a horse at all okay. throughout my That's early fair. training stage. Okay. So I went to mainly to a, a British Horse Society approved riding school okay. where they also train people for their examinations. So I... I worked there and got training in return for work and got put through to the exams when they felt that I was ready. ready. And when I got my BHSAI, the Assistant Instructor's (laughs) Examination, your first sort of formal qualification, if you like, I then got a proper job on what I was led to believe was an eventing yard. And I worked 60 hours a week for £60 a week. I soon realised that they had one retired ex-eventer and the couple who ran the yard got a lorry load of new forests that we would back and sell to unsuspecting pony club mothers. 
And when you say new forest, again, mm-hmm. for the American audience, so these are the new forest ponies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're, they are free to roam around, yes. up, which is really an incredible experience when you yes. drive through the, the new forest and you're driving along the road and there'll be herds of ponies right. sleeping in the road. Yes. And yes. It's just... Yeah. It's phenomenal. Oh, it's, it's magical. Dreaming. It is magical. Yeah. Yes. And these, periodically they, they round them up. They do. Yeah. yeah. They have to keep the numbers to a certain level. And so this event yard, mm-hmm. event yard was mm-hmm. really a... Um, we had some competition horses as well that were in for schooling and some hunt hirelings. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So and it was a proper professional. 60 pounds uh, a week. Mm, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, the money was not the issue. The lady that owned the yard that I worked with, another uh, recently qualified lady called Claire, and the lady that owned the yard would introduce Claire and I as her cannon fodder. Oh! Yes. (laughs) So an interesting way of being spoken about to and treated. Yes. But, you know, it seemed normal. Yeah, it is. The world over. Mm -hmm. Yep. And years later many years later I heard her voice the employer in a trade stand when I was at a show and I went right back into that (gasps) fearful yeah Yeah. and I I had to leave I had I had to leave isn't that fascinating (laughs) what cues can do how they can absolutely absolutely put you back it's that whole that Mm. family visit at the holidays where you are this grown-up, competent person, and you go back to the family home and, right. and find yourself acting like a six-year-old. Yes. 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 Yeah. Extraordinary. Very much so, yeah. But one of the horses she had on her yard was a warm blood show jumper called the Bobolink. <laughs> oh, what a great name. It's a great name. And there are 14 horses on the yard with te- one teeny tiny paddock to turn out, so each horse would get half a day in the paddock on rotation a week. A week. Um, a week. Half a day. Yeah. In a paddock. Yeah. Once a week. A week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's turnout. Mm-hmm. And Bubble, as we called her, you you would turn her out on her half day. And by the time you got back to the yard, she'd already jumped out the paddock and was back on the yard going, I want to play. I want to play. I don't <gasps> want to be in the field. So there was something about this horse that had me convinced that this was the attitude of all warm bloods. Oh. So after I uh, I left there <laughs> and worked at various different yards, I didn't want to teach at that time, even though that's mostly what that qualification kind of allows also you allows do. you to be a groom and you know okay. various other things, but to teach. Um, but I'd already decided that that I didn't want to. You didn't want no, to no, teach? No, 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 no. Didn't want to teach. The irony of it. <laughs> yeah. So I decided what I wanted was a warm blood horse because clearly they're all they're all yeah, like that desperately yes. playful and yes. they really want yes. to play all day long with you, and that I would take out. My parents had got kind of sick and tired with the do-it-yourself liveries by that stage, so I told them I was going to rent their yard from them, run a livery yard from there, ah, and okay. I bought myself a warm blood called Henry Horse. Okay. <laughs> Um, so he was the first horse we, yeah, the first horse we had, our own horse, if you like, with our own money. And the livery yard was really busy, and I really enjoyed it. 
We had a waiting list as long as your arm. All make shapes, colours, sizes of horses and ponies in that we looked after. Mostly the owner's road. I do bits and stuff with them, but right. I was doing the sort of husbandry side of things for people that were working or kids that were at school and they would do the, the riding side and I do the husbandry side right. for the most part. Yep. Great um, education. Yeah, and most of them would have a weekly lesson with me because that was kind of what you did. Well, yep. And they all received pretty much the same lesson week in, week out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Teaching was something that I had to do to subsidise the meagre inco- income from the livery yard, but right. I loved it. You know, I really enjoyed doing it. But it wasn't enough to financially to sort of sustain being a house owner or right, right. Uh, other things that are become you know if you choose to become your responsibilities as you as you get older. Yeah. Um, and Henry was of course nothing like Bubble. Of course not. Of course not. He was his own person. He was great. But I ended up getting him because he was a Bay warm blood. And because when I went to the dealing yard to look at the horses, he had his head through a window that had no glass in it, and he was—he had in his mouth a an enormous wooden bench, and he was playing <laughs> with this wooden bench. And I've decided that yes, was the horse for me because clearly he like knows how to play. <laughs> he knows how to play. Yes, and he—he he never had a fence down. He never stopped at a fence. But gee, he was slow. Ah, okay. uh, not in his brain right but, you know, but physically yeah, was, yeah 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 and every jump was accompanied by a flatulent outburst okay. which again was also quite amusing but I just ran out of like tools as to you know how to create more go and I took him to people that I trained with in the past and final straw was when I was told what I needed to do was to take the stick and turn it upside down mm-hmm. And hit him with the handle, and I was just like, I think I let it let him go to someone who enjoys a steady, a steady, guy. solid, right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I let him go because I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to do that, but I didn't know what else to do. Right. Do you think, looking back with what you have, that you would have been able to change that? Mm. Yeah. Was this was this and and my attitude to it and your attitude to it right yeah both those things um yeah definitely definitely Mm. so he's one of the stepping stones Mm. not that I knew that at the time no of course not no no and it's just ready to move on right that's the Maya Angelou when I was young I did the best I could and when Mm. I knew better I did better Mm. and they are our well I did worse before I did better. Oh, okay. Well, but, but that's also part of the learning. That's part of the learning. One hopes. Yeah. And you knew when to, where to stop. You know, I'm not going to turn the mm. riding crop yeah. roundabout mm. and whack him one to get mm-hmm. him to go. Mm. No, thank you. Mm. If, if that's the answer, I will find someone who's who, who finds what he is right. joyous. Yeah. 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 But you do like going horses. I do, I do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, one of my liveries owned a horse that she just didn't hit it off with at all. Perfectly decent rider, perfectly lovely horse, but they just didn't connect at all. But 
she'd only had the horse for a very short period of time and it was the same dealer that I bought my Henry horse from that she got him through and he of course would buy him back but at a great loss or she could sell her on but again probably a financial loss and I really liked the mare a lot and I said well she's too small for me Um, but I will if it works for you I will buy her for what you bought her from the dealer but I won't you know you need to know that I won't be keeping the horse because she's too small. small yeah so I will be selling her on and at a profit and so long as that's okay with you then then we can do it that's right that's what I did and I didn't know until I sold that horse that that was the horse of a lifetime that was Emily yeah and she wasn't small at all but you know in my you know (laughs) it's what the horse world Mm. does to our brains yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and we miss seeing Mm. and it was complicated by the fact that the, the lady the client from whom I bought her was a had you know become a friend and the more success Emily and I had together the more undermined she <gasps> felt yes so I felt duty bound to because that's what you yeah. said you were going to do yeah. and yeah ugh. and I also felt life that, is complicated yeah since I had had this terrific success with this wonderful horse therefore it would be I could do it again absolutely yeah, and then I found Gazelle. Okay, so tell me about Gazelle. <laughs> that laugh should tell you everything. Remember, Becky has already told us that Gazelle was the horse who broke her leg, so clearly there's a story coming. But you're going to have to wait until next time to hear more. In the meantime, if you want to learn more about Becky and the training center she runs, visit her at the Ashen Equestrian Center website. That's ashenec.co.uk. And next week, we'll begin with the story of Gazelle. Until then, have fun with your horses.